never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Hi guys, welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. And today is a good day because I have got one of my earliest uh, guests back on my show, Jocelyn Bellows, uh, is here with me. And it is such a super delight for me to catch up with her. And in all fairness, we have already been chatting for half an hour. Oh, where our, where our lives took us. <laughs> so it's 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 beautiful uh, to have you back, Jocelyn. And, but I mean, there's a good reason that we have you back because Jocelyn is a, is a force of nature out there who she's a co-author and well, she's an author she's a fellow author shall i say uh out there who uh had well had the privilege to work with her as a guest author for from breakdown to wake up uh one of her books and now she has done me the honor of coming back and being part of depression light to me so it is beautiful i've known this this a lovely woman for for quite some time now uh it's always a pleasure to have you here jocelyn bellows hey stefan it's so great to to reconnect and i know <laughs> we've been in and out of connection and it's just wonderful to to be here mm -hmm. today and really i've enjoyed all the pre the pre-chat so i'm really excited to actually chat live recording <laughs> 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 and it's it's so beautiful because we both have gone through quite some darkness in our lives. And sure. here we are um, recognizing that the opposite, the opposite of addiction, the opposite of depression is connection. It is when two like-minded people who are determined to, to bring out the best in ourselves and in others, when these people come together, then some magic happens and that is so beautiful but we often can't see it isn't it when we are in the darkness we just are blind to everything including well the only thing that we are not blind to are the lies that our darkness tells us isn't it how are these kind of things happening with you i mean i know you've just gone through a bit of a hard time there now that that you're thinking back on this most recent kind of of time um what were the, the the lies that depression told you <laughs> to begin uh, i actually think what i'm going to do is it jumping off point to the book that we're here to talk about today which is depression lied to me um so you know you you reached out and approached me this is going probably back a year and a half ago mm. i think when the when the initial concept when you were initially conceptualizing it and, and as much as i know you were inviting me to the book we also talked about what does this look like what does it feel like what is it shape like um given that i had already been a lead author in, an, in a project that you and i had worked on um i was really really flattered that you came to me to help sort of shift shift and shape that and, Say that three um, times fast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the S's. And anyway, so fast forward, we we started just you, you really created this this project and invited me to be a part of it. And it's absolutely. And I um I took it on right away and I recognized that I, it actually took some time before I could actually sit down and write my contribution. Uh -huh. Um in, in truth, I actually wrote that contribution within I think a few hours. Once I finally crafted the space and time to do it um and i wrote it 
at this point, what feels like so long ago about a time in my life at, you know, in my teens and my twenties. And it was through the reflection of how I saw myself in reflection to dating and men, boys and young men. Um, I don't think that's fair to call them men when we were 15, 16. Um, so I wrote this chapter, sent it off to you and just sort of forgot about it and waited for the response to say, okay, we're gonna be bringing this together and now it's time to, to get this up and running. And what has happened in that, in that period of time is I really have, I have gone through these really dark spaces in my life where I had to really look at myself and how I was interacting within my life. Um, and I did allow depression to take over fully and fully and wholly. And you and I were talking about this before we got on. Um, I'm not someone who tends to watch a lot of TV. I tend to like to keep my body and my, my physical being active. And in this, you know, in that period of time, going from writing the chapter to where we are today, I have binge watched Netflix for hours on end. I didn't work out for a good six months. And these are things that I didn't, that are not the person I define myself to be. Yet my body was telling me, this isn't time to, to work out. My body was just telling me rest, rest, which was wonderful that I listened to that. I also want to illustrate in that time, I also allowed my mind to start telling me lies mm. about I wasn't good enough. I haven't been producing enough. I haven't been creative. I haven't contributed. I haven't utilized the gifts that I have to incite change in others. And that in this last chapter, in this most recent chapter, not specific to the book, this chapter of my life, I've been really hard on myself and beating myself up for not creating. And I'm certainly, I, I can't imagine I'm alone in that process. Instead of allowing myself grace of saying, I've done a lot, I've contributed a lot. I used the challenges of my life and I transformed them into a point of inspiration for me. Mm -hmm. It was never, my initial onset was never about inciting change for other mm. others. That journey was about inciting change within myself. It's however bloody hard um, to actually do Can that. Uh, you know, it is, we both get so much joy out of putting a smile on someone else's face. Um, and that is, that is just, or seeing their lights, going on bing ah you know those kind of things but ultimately it is expecting it's expecting of us to be to always be like that that's 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 actually lunatic um if you imagine there is there's a plane in which you are where you're really zen where everything is fine you're not too high you're not too low that's really where your body feels best now there will be times when life really gives you one challenge after the other and you you get drawn down there but there seems to be like rubber bands 
So you can only so long wallow in a depression until finally your body says, come on, okay, come on, come, come back up. And so these rubber bands pull you back to the where you are sort of thin. Um, the same is when we expect, however, to be up there. No, I want to be happy. Always happy. Always, always, always happy. That's not where you're supposed to be. So your body is saying, come on, man, I've, I've put out so much dopamine in your head. Your noradrenaline, your serotonin are spiking. Come on, I can't keep going. It needs to come back down. So there is a there's a there's a place where we are truly in tune with each other uh, or with ourselves, shall I say, where you are naturally calm, content. And with that, I don't mean uh, you just give in to all the shit in which you're living. No, where you truly are content with your with where you are, and that is that is normal, and it's lovely to be up there. But don't expect to be to live this saccharine sweet coca-cola advertisement up there for forever that's bullshit that doesn't work like that your body it just can't do it um it doesn't hmm. it doesn't i mean i and i think before we met i spent two years in the in the absolute bliss most bliss state of my entire life um age 40 to 42 yes i'm <laughs> gonna share my age uh, yeah. i'm older than now um but age 40 to 42 i was in in earnest, I was floating on a cloud. And I, I still talk about this. Um, I actually talk about this pretty regularly. Um, I had done so much, you know, this was just outside of uh, my divorce. And I I really chose to work on myself. I, I remember putting like sort of blinders onto the external world. And all I did was work on myself. I mean, date, I at the time we had just moved to a new state. So I didn't really know anybody. Um, I had taken some time off from work and I focused on my healing. And even though I took a good solid year of that, I'd say within three months, the transformation was profound. And for two years, I don't know if our listeners have ever read the book, um, Eckhart Tolle's book, um, Power, The Power of Now, when he talks about sitting on a park bench and just being witness to life and how transformative it is and how blissful it was, that was me for two years. My feet were touching the ground and I, yet I was completely ungrounded. And then the crash happened. And I went from this absolute, everything is just, it went from like appreciating the now to everything, everything was phenomenal. There was like, even in like, I had injured, I had gone through some difficult injuries that took me offline for a while and it didn't matter because everything was amazing. And in <laughs> some, in some metaphor, we, you know, we see that in how people operate on Facebook and Instagram and talk about how amazing their lives are. Well, we all know that that's, that's our highlight reels, right? For me, my highlight reel was my daily life for a long time. And at some point a crash occurred. And that's, and it was actually, um, it was a breakup in truth. It was a, it was a breakup from another relationship and that, that actually was a relationship and actually a, a friendship, a different person who a friendship breakup. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I got, I hit left and right. 
Hmm. And then 2020 happened. Wow. <laughs> that happened before 2020, like right <laughs> right before COVID. And um, shit, what occurred from there was going into the darkest depths of my depression. Yeah. I thought I thought my divorce was going to be the most challenging thing in my life, and that paled in comparison to go from that high to having to feel like I started over emotionally again and mm. finding my strength in myself again. And what I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Um, however, I want to come back to what you shared, something you shared, and I love, I love how you said that. If we can really find ourselves to find ourselves in that medium balance where we're really present mm. with everything, understanding there's highs, understanding there are lows, touching them both and integrating mm. them mm-hmm. and saying, I'm okay no matter what, I don't have to be this high. I don't have to be this low. I am okay with where I am at and being full acceptance and grace Mm. with ourselves through that. Mm. Exactly. Because your stories don't define you unless you allow them to. Mm. So true. Absolutely true. And the, we all have our traumas and Mm. unfortunately it just doesn't stop i mean life is one continuous challenge i had to to accept that and it is it is what it is you cannot change that you cannot change the the waves pounding the shore and it is yeah you you have to live with them you can either uh either learn how to surf the wave or you can shout at the wave if you want to but the wave still keeps coming and nowadays i rather like to either float in the water and feel the power of the wave and just accept it is there or i want to play with the wave um that is that is my my i don't know wiser uh but more more recent acceptance of life uh, for what it is and that has stood me really well, um, because as you say, the last two years, they were just shit. Um, a lot of things happened there, and each and every one of them could have, uh, these challenges could have could have derailed me quite a bit. And some of them pushed me a little bit to the side, uh, not complete derails, but yeah, it wasn't feeling so nice. Um, but ultimately, I, I'm so grateful, I'm happy and grateful that... I realized the privilege that I have of choice, how I wish to react to a certain challenge, equally how I wish to react to maybe feeling low. Um, When I feel low nowadays, I do no longer get the whip out and say, whip, whip you, how dare you feel low? I'll accept Mm -hmm. it for as a message from my body or from my soul, or from whoever is out there, that it's time to pull back on those things where maybe I've spread myself to thin. Um, so I'm I'm surprised when I now, when I listen to you, I sort of reflected back how much were the evil twins of, of guilt and shame riding me in the last two years. I have to say, actually, very little. Very little. And that is something new in my life go five years 10 years back oh boy i would have given myself the the spanish inquisition for not being at that super high and no 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 that's interesting so see we we are all growing and 
it's an ongoing growth because they're ongoing challenges and therefore inevitably there will be new things you have to face and sometimes they derail you so well um the having said it you you had these challenges how were you dealing with them when you were in them um did you did you realize what was happening or was the, the darkness so dark that even your, your <laughs> so, um was... Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I'm trying to think of a specific space here. So 2020. Hmm. In 2020, I will say I probably didn't deal with it very well at all. If not, I, if anything, I probably did my best to ignore the situation and ignore the signs. Um, what culminated and and so kind of I guess give a little background here. So at the end of 2020 is when the book project that I led had first had come out, and that was in November of 2020. Mm. Um, and the whole book itself came together very quickly from idea and conception to publish was three months, yeah. um, which I think you know to me that was that was like. We lit a fire, <laughs> right? Uh, I and I was, mad. and I, I look back, and I am so incredibly proud of what what was accomplished in such yeah. a short period of time. What I had failed to recognize within myself is I, I had taken on so many of these responsibilities that weren't mine for our fellow for our fellow authors, um, for the success of the book, for all of these things that I created in my mind of what they had to be. So I had, I gave myself these additional pressures. I put these, these weights on my back, not recognizing that I was really doing it until about a month before the book came out, I was on a hike with a friend and she'd asked me how things were going with it. And instead of answering her, I fell to my knees sobbing because the weight was so, the burden was so heavy that I was carrying and I was so disconnected from myself that my body just literally gave out on me. It just said, bleepity bleep you, you better listen to me because you're not listening. Um, so you can only ignore these things for so long until, until your body will actually yeah. respond to you in that way. Mm -hmm. And that's really when the darkness of the soul period started for me was in the crux of that. And I started um, researching and getting involved in alternative therapy uses for my own well-being mm -hmm. um i could no longer ignore what was right there in front of me because most of 2020 i just sort of hung out by myself in my house and i mean yes we had covid going on and yes we were told to stay away from people and i sort of took that to the nth degree because i didn't even feel safe in my body mm. and so you know, when October hit and I started and I recognized that I was so not, not only was I, I mean, I was disconnected from myself, I was disconnected from the world around me. And when we do that, then you're, you're literally cutting off oxygen, right? We're still breathing the air, but we're cutting off love from flowing through our being and from others and with others and being part of the connection that we all have. Mm. Um, and then it's always available to us. So I didn't listen, number one, until I until my body said, you're gonna listen. And I and from that, like in 21, 2021, I got back on the soccer field, which is 
I've played soccer my entire life and I, and I loved it. And I went every week and I was consistent with it. And I had this group of friends and we went out to eat and I really didn't care about the money because what happened was I started to feel like myself again. I started diving back into projects and things that I enjoyed. And when I say all of that, underlying that, I was starting to recognize a lot of anger, unprocessed anger towards my former spouse that still wasn't resolved. So here I'm like on this toxic high and still have these things crawling at me, pulling me down uh, and saying, uh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, you uh, got to uh, figure this piece uh, out. Uh, so it uh. was like, I had this dichotomy, this delusional state in some ways of what I was actually dealing with. And um, I got lucky that I was very lucky that one of the guys I was playing soccer with at the time happened to be a therapist. And I was explaining to him what I was going through. He's like, you're going to come see me. And I was like, yeah, I think I need to. So he gave me this beautiful exercise and I started to incorporate that. And that helped resolve a lot of things. And in fact, it's still an exercise I use to this day when I start to feel that anger kind of rage inside of me, if there's something that's unprocessed and I need to resolve it for myself. Um, so that was a huge key um, for some of my delivery. And yet, and so I, I think I've come through that and where I, where I am today, fast forward to where we are today. Um, when I come up against things or like if I'm having a rough day, and I think we all can probably relate to these, right? You you start to work through a process and your computer crashes or your internet goes down or whatever. Like <laughs> the recognize that you're actually a part of that because if you're forcing yourself through a process mm. and you know, but like underneath it, it's you're forcing it and you're not allowing the flow to just be a natural flow. You're also contributing to the energy of resistance around it, which is why why your internet's crashing or just why you, you know having a bad day or you you have an argument with your friend or your spouse or whatever you're actually contributing to so one of the things I'm I'm really active in right now is when I start to recognize that I'm getting frustrated because things are not working at the pace I want them to work out or my um you know I have a tech issue that's when I actually now I'm stepping back and writing gratitude statements, shifting myself from a place of frustration and aggravation to saying, hey, I've got all these amazing things I can be thankful for. And it's, <laughs> it's processing so much magic. Isn't it? And it is, uh, for those of you out there who are thinking, oh, that's a heap of shit. Oh, what a... <laughs> That's fine. Um, <laughs> let's let's I'll do it right now for you. Okay. So right now, um, let's do this exercise. And it always starts with for me, it always starts with I'm happy and grateful. And I typically do that when I'm in a really okay, I could rip someone's head Best off quite happily. It. It's it, so easy when you're happy to be like, oh, exactly. Exactly. Really magical when you can pull yourself out of your depth of anger, frustration, depression, depression. Mm and say, wait, mm. time out. Mm. Let's recognize the good. Exactly. And it's not toxic. It's let's recognize what I have right here in this moment. Correct. And you, and just spell it out and do it loud, please. So I, I, I begin. I'm happy yes. and grateful. 
that today I actually woke up without my alarm clock and I woke up actually refreshed. And that is new because I went through some, you know, pretty strenuous times recently. Um, and I wouldn't do that in that exercise. I'm just now saying it for you. Why the hell are you grateful for that? Um, so normally you only focus on the positive. So I'm happy and grateful that today I woke up refreshed and that I felt really good and ready for this interview. I'm happy and grateful that today, uh, after this interview, I can go to work and earn some money because times are funny. Uh, see, again, not because. I'm happy and grateful that I can earn some money. I'm happy and grateful that I have get, actually got a car with which I can drive to work. I'm happy and grateful that there is some food in my fridge. I'm happy and grateful. And, and you just keep keep pouring it on. That's how I do it. And, and your brain will come up with that. I force my brain to talk. And it's amazing what comes out. And that only yeah. proves to me again and again and again that your mind, your brain has got the answers for your questions. You just need to ask the right questions. And by actually bringing out the gratitude, forcing myself to focus on the gratitude, something changes in me. Suddenly, I'm no longer as, as hothead, hotheady, whatever the word is, uh, angry, miserable. Uh, wallowing in it. No, I can I can switch that off nowadays. Sometimes I can't. Okay, then it is what it is. Then I enjoy the anger. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I love fire signs, so I get you. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have however, to be angry. However, so I want to bring that up. Is that that also takes you out of the equilibrium within your being? So you know, earlier we were talking about finding that graceful space, that that medium space where you can feel the high and yet you don't have to be in the high. You can still be here and just enjoy the moment. It it's uh, that is a part you know, a pertinent piece of this whole process. Like anger may raise you up actually. Right. Cause we rec we recognize that what that does is actually takes, uh, it takes us out of our own balance within ourself. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to also bring ourselves back down. So we have some placidity within our being. Mm -hmm um what do yeah. you do out of interest what do you do when the gratitude gratitude um exercise does not work what's your next step yes yeah, so sometimes I, I have to recognize that the gratitude generally always does work even in the hint of it mm -hmm. um that being said does it make me feel super high sometimes no sometimes it's just like i'm here and it kind of gives me here, right? It gives us mm. like little shift, right? And that little shift is it may not always be enough. So I don't. Mm. So I want to clarify that it it always helps, but it may not bring you to the place that you're necessarily wanting to go. So another piece, of, and I have so many tools. I'm really grateful that I've had a lot of exposure in in a few years. I've been on this this growth path for myself. So one of the ones I really love is I actually turned to the four questions from the work from uh, Byron Katie. I don't know if you're familiar. Have you heard of Byron Katie? No, I haven't, but tell us, teach us. She has, she has four questions. Um, it's called the work. And you know, coaches, coaches and personal development people all have iterations of this or have iterated off of it. And I think she was really the designer of it. And it, you know, if you're in a tough state or you're talking negatively to yourself, if you can stop yourself and say, 
go through these exercises. For me, sometimes I actually have to write them out. Um, but the first question is, the statement that you're saying to yourself, is it true? Mm-hmm. And then you ask, are you, the second part of it is, are you sure it's true? <laughs> and yeah, like really, like it's a lot of self-inquiry. Mm-hmm. Why are you talking so negatively to yourself, right? So is it true? Are you sure it's true? Then the latter two, and I'm, I'm going to misquote them a little, but around the state, state of who could you possibly be without it? So it's actually you're taking, you're literally pulling yourself uh. out of the negative inquiry. You're pulling yourself out of whatever your thought process is and seeing yourself more objectively. Yeah. Um, it's also sort of a practice. I am also an NLP practitioner, and that's another practice that it iterates differently with NLP, but it's the same, conceptually the same, is you see yourself in the conversation right here, right? This is you having a conversation with someone else. And what the work kind of does, and this is the other exercises in NLP, the way you say, okay, you have these two people here. Now, here I am, I'm still here. The second person, me, looking in at this conversation yeah. is now looking at it objectively and remove yeah. myself yeah. from what's happening in here. And what, what are the, how could I possibly see this in a different perspective? What are the other options that I can employ within myself to pull myself forward? Hmm. Because it is about being really truthful for yourself. It, and in some ways, um, I'm also going to jump over to like meditation, right? When we, when we're really struggling, and that's another practice I have, um, both good and good. Like, good and bad so there are days that i'm just awesome and i can sit for 45 minutes to an hour and meditate and i'm like my body is so calm and it's, everything is beautiful and peaceful it's the days that i'm in in full motion and and not necessarily in a good way not necessarily in a happy way when i really need to sit, sit force myself to sit in meditation and allow this to shut down and be the observer of the monkey mind same Mm. concept right different iteration oh please (laughs) it it all goes the same way it all is about understanding that this tunnel vision that we have isn't necessarily the only way it is Mm. and we tell ourselves it is and that's not the truth and that's such a powerful insight once you accept that that this is a tunnel vision that what you're seeing might not be reflective of the truth at all but you see one tiny little aspect of it once you start to implement such a thought pattern and ask yourself those questions what will that do to your relationship where you focus on oh she always does that or he always ah he drives me nuts okay Mm -hmm. what about you step back and just widen those blinkers a little bit and can you imagine that suddenly maybe your empathy your your level of understanding of the other might change that therefore your relationship might suddenly change just that little bit and, and recognize that people's response to, first of all, we're not responsible for anyone else's feelings of us, ever. Yeah. 
ever. We are yeah. only responsible for how we show up for ourselves. Yeah. And to that end, recognize you don't know what the perspective, I don't know what's going on in your head. I don't know how you see or perceive me. Hmm. It's not It's not my responsibility. What my responsibility is, is to be open to receive. But you have also the responsibility to hear. To receive means, in this case, to hear. So if there is a feedback coming yeah. back, and if that feedback is anger for someone else, maybe maybe you need to ask the question, um, hmm, okay, what is my contribution to that? Is he just an asshole? Is he just not worth my time? Is there maybe a personality disorder going on that this person thrives on chaos and destruction? Mm -hmm. Or is it actually me? Am I bristly? Am I, dare I say, uh, maybe emotional? And maybe it's that time of the month. And uh, it, we make a joke out of it, but I live it uh, every month with my gorgeous wife. Um, she has <laughs> got uh, premenstrual uh, tension from hell. Um, and now with, with her uh, beautiful menopause coming in, um, I, yeah, it could be anything. Um, and she is going through that journey as well now. So she's doing a lot of work to actually deal with that because prior to her doing the work, I did not know what would be happening. Honey, I'm sorry I'm home. Um, and it's that kind of attitude. So so please, there is a responsibility for you. You can't just say, nah, everyone else can just go beep themselves. Uh, no, it is, it is a beautiful growth that we are all undertaking. And that uh, is that includes introspection. That includes yeah. uh, thinking about what is your contribution to a specific scenario. So, so, so two really real life scenarios that are playing out as we speak mm. in, in my world. Um, one, uh, my, so, my son's father and I are not necessarily, are not in agreement over seeking therapeutic options for my child. Now I'm recognizing, I'm witnessing behaviors of my child that I feel if he was able to see some specialists and have a an independent third party to talk to so that he doesn't have to be concerned with how that affects mom and how that affects dad, because that's, that's baggage for mm -hmm. a child to have to carry that they don't need to. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm in favor of let's, let's seek out this, this third party where mm -hmm. this, you know, this nondescript third party where my child can go and speak openly and safely and have and provided tools, right? Absolutely. And his father is in opposition of that, and it, it's caused quite a it's caused quite a bit of um, frustration for me. And I have, I, you know, I've certainly gone the myriad of the the um, emotions around that. When I can stop and take myself out of that, the inquiry becomes: what's well, what's underneath it for me? Why is this such a driver for me? Why do I feel so passionate about the fact that my child needs this option? That's one. The other part of it, why is his father in such opposition? What's underneath that for him? And that seeking to understand helps to soften mm. the conversation. Now, I do the work. His father does, is, is in a different space. And that's neither here nor there. It is my responsibility 
to navigate through my own observation around it mm. and why I, I feel so strongly about it. Mm. That's mine to, to manage. And secondarily, I don't think it's mine necessary to manage why his father's in such opposition. I'd like to understand it so that we can navigate through it in a, in a way that causes a positive outcome. It mm. may not be aligned with my outcome. It may be aligned with my outcome. Lessen the resistance around it. Mm. So that's one scenario that's playing out. A second scenario that's currently happening, I was with actually with, directly with my child and he's having um, some resistance around his dad trying to coach him on the soccer field, right? And we're kind of, we're working through that together. Well, what's that, you know, what is that for my child and how can I best support him in that? So also it's, you know, yes, it, like maybe I'm taking on too much here yet, I also feel obligation or responsibility to help provide tools for my child so he can navigate through his own emotional state and be able to self-regulate. So this is, you know, I know I'm kind of going deep into it. We haven't even talked about depression, but <laughs> that's okay. No, no, no. I suppose no. we will. Um, no, no, no. That these are all pieces that we're, we're always dealing with at any age. And, yeah. and that self-inquiry is, is vital to the nutrient of living mm. in harmony with ourself. I think depression is just one manifestation of us being so out of balance. What we have mm. been talking about is truly uh, tools um, to, to deal with whatever challenges there are. More importantly, being open to to whatever's happening within us uh to recognize that as messengers to recognize that as a sign of something that maybe we need to pay attention to uh, it is often enough a a blessing that we haven't haven't discovered yet um in the oh, sense we don't see of, it as a blessing thank you uh, wrong i chose the wrong words it is Virtually everything that's happened to me in my life has formed me and has made me the man that I am now. And I hear it so often when I ask guests on my show, if you had a time machine, if you could go back, would you change your life? And so many of them do say no. Because whatever, without those experiences, however brutal and negative they were, I would have never been the person who I am now. And I am so proud of who I am now. Warts and scars and all. And that is the beautiful thing. So therefore, I think it is it is so beautiful to listen to you, Justin. Because mm -hmm. here you are, you're, you're dealing with not nice things. And uh given the chance and given a a, a a wand a magic wand you you might say no, actually i would like to just have some sense in my husband and give all those tools to my little one and that would be nice um in reality and i can't and i can't <laughs> that's true I, in yeah. <laughs> I mean it's, it's like it, it's like when you work with clients or friends and you see you can see so clearly the path they need to take, what well, you your perceived vision of the path they need to take. 
and you feel like you can see their answers and yet you can't give it to them <laughs> because the lessons are much more beautifully learned when they walk the path themselves and discover it for themselves. Now you can help you know, maybe point them in a direct, right direction or, hey, this might be a resource for you or, hey, have you ever considered ask some inquisitive, inquisitive questions or, you know, ask them to turn their head. Um, those lessons are, are things that they have to learn for themselves. If, and you can tell, or you can tell them, but until they are ready to receive it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It, yeah. I mean, beautiful that you want to make that happen. And and that's wonderful. Yet we all have to learn these things for ourselves mm -hmm. through experience, through trial, through sometimes heartbreak, heartache. Mm -hmm. And and yet those I've always looked at those as fertile soil. Don't always look at it right in the moment as fertile soil. And yet that's exactly what it is. And I think actually this might blend itself nicely to what we talked about in the in my chapter in, in the book. Um, so I, I chose, and I really didn't know, like when you came and asked me and said, hey, do you want to be a part of this? I, was, I knew it was a yes, like that was easy. I had no idea what I was going to write about. And I really, and I, I, there was moments, I'll be honest with you, I was like, well, I have to back out. But I was like, no, I can't back out. I committed. My body said, my body was with, absolute yes what is it that I'm going to write and it didn't occur to me until I sat down to write it and I literally did I wrote it in an mm. afternoon and I chose to write about my coming up you know as a teenager and seeing myself through the eyes of you know crushes high school and college crushes and relationships mm. and it was always about how did a man see me because I didn't have enough belief in myself mm. or my self-worth to recognize I was good and deserving on my own. Nice. And that and, and and what that culminated in was I outsourced my happiness to how someone else was going to view me and some, how someone else was going to label me. And you take your own power away when you do that. And you and people do it all the time. Not, I mean, my, my narrow vision has had been for many, many years through how men saw me and how related, how people I was either dating or had feelings for how they saw me defined my value, defined my worth. That was my view. We do it all the time. We do it in work. We do it how our friends view us, how our, our um, I see this a lot with the moms that I work with, how they are viewed by their friend groups, their friend mom groups, mm. and how their children respond to them. They outsource their peace by how well their children are performing or what they're invited to or not invited to. Mm. And I think moms in particular, and, and I'm not saying that this isn't specific, you, we, we all have different brands variations of this where I see this a lot with moms especially you know because it starts like once we become mothers because the moment we become a mother our body is no longer our own mm. we are now nourishing our children 
most, not everyone is, but you know, 95%, I don't know the population, but we're, mm. we're breastfeeding our children. Our body is now shared. Mm. And then we get the societal pressure on this to say, oh no, you're now in servitude to your child until the child is you know, up and off and on their own. No, <laughs> no, I challenge that narrative 100%. Mm. I love my kiddos to death, I do. And I am not responsible for his happiness. I am responsible for mine. And the, mm. the stronger and happier and fuller I am with me, mm. the more I can show up, not only for him, and show up that for, for every other aspect, but to keep it mm. specific to this mother-child relationship, I need to be good with me and demonstrate that. Not tell him. Uh demonstrate it that I am worthy and then he gets to have that same lesson for himself in the in the rehabilitation uh so in the in the alcohol rehabilitation or drug rehabilitation world we're calling that living amends um you're basically going out there and you're living a life and uh, full of integrity and humility authenticity uh no bullshitting it is and integrity is defined as you doing the right thing when no one is watching mm -hmm. and those kind of things that kind of showing up and living your life to the fullest that is true leadership that is how you can influence people because people will see that and they will see that when they're two three four years old they keep forgetting that that this is for the mums out there um the kids see exactly what you're doing and they very quickly get a feeling for um uh, what you're doing versus what you're saying mm -hmm. and that's i didn't appreciate that until much 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 later when i had to eat humble pie um it is what it is. Um, I certainly stuffed up as a dad. Again, this is something I only know nowadays that I need to look after myself first and properly demonstrate the positive actions that I do, even when I'm not feeling like it. And that is that is just it's a journey. And we you guys can't expect to be, oh yeah, great. I listen now once to this this podcast. Yay, I've done it. So she made a lot of sense. Yeah, I've done it now. So would you go yeah, once? Yeah, this is lifelong. <laughs> exactly. Lifelong. We signed, somehow we signed up for all of this. Mm. And it, it doesn't, you know, and we don't have to, let's not overcomplicate it, right? I know I've dropped a number of tools in this conversation. And, and you know, I'm very grateful that I have them and that they've come to me and they've came, they've come to me because I've sought them out to try to dig myself out mm. of my own holes because yeah. no one is here to save you. No one is coming to save you. It is your responsibility to take care of nice. you. And the nice. more that you do that, that's when people show up. Nice. That's when people want to take care of you. It's because you're glowing from the inside. You can't mm. fake that energy. It's, it's just what it's, it's what you emanate. And it doesn't have to be big. It can be things like, I mean, we talked about earlier, I, I even shamed myself a little around binge watching Netflix, right? If that's what my body needed, mm. my body needed that. There's no guilt in that. There's no shame in that. 
it's what I needed. Understand though, when you start to recognize that you're getting sucked in and you're using that as the excuse from actually living, that's the difference. Uh -huh. It's okay to rest, go get the massage, go drink a lot of water, sleep yeah. in, take afternoon naps, do nothing days are wonderful. Just ensure, like do a mental check-in. Am I doing this to avoid something else? Because mm. if you're avoiding something else, then you're actually doing yourself a disservice. And that's when you need to get up off the sofa. And even if yeah. you're having a, like you don't feel like you can do it, walk yeah. down, just take a walk down the street and then pat yourself on the back. Exactly. Like, I went for the walk down the street. Yeah. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. Everything inside of me has said, I want to stay on the yeah. sofa and not move. Yeah. Mm. And I did it. The sheer fact that you get up in the morning and have a shower can be a tremendous success for some women with postnatal depression. The sheer mm -hmm. fact that you can actually say, I don't want to see anyone, but you're still turning up for something and make a point of actually just showing up um is beautiful that's a huge win uh for you and we so keep forgetting that C uh, celebrate those beautiful wins and there are there are dozens if not hundreds every day if you allow yourself to see the world like that uh you may wish to actually um use technology to help you with that i've got a garmin watch I love Garmin. Sorry, sorry, a little advertisement, but I don't get anything of them. And that's Garmin. <laughs> of course, you want to. You, I, I, I'm in. I'm in. No, right. But uh, why do I love this watch? Because I can program um, certain tasks in there. And I go click, click, click. Okay. Boom. My timer is starting and it lodges as gardening or it lodges as, as locks it as um, whatever I wish. So I can actually say, I really want to do X and it's it's hard for me to do it. Okay, bang, bang, fine. I do five minutes now or three minutes, even a minute of X. Uh, and then I save it mm -hmm. and it's automatically going into my, my phone and I can look at it and say, okay, wow, I so didn't want to do that, but I've just done three times X today. And that is beautiful. Suddenly you think, wow, I did that. Wow. Wow. And it's such a beautiful feeling. I I did that now for quite some weeks. Um, and it's it's weird because this is actually supposed to be an activity watch, but I've also got French in there because I want to learn French, reactivate my French knowledge. So there's French. Oh, yeah, again. I will have to speak uh, offline. <laughs> it, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it is it is beautiful. It is, it is, but you can actually lock these things. And then you can look back on them. So you've got actually there a visual record of celebration where you yes. jumped over your shadow. And that is so beautiful. In the past, I did not do that. I yeah. felt guilty and ashamed that I did not do 50 things that I wanted to do. And guess what? I redefined myself as a failure every single day because according to my to-do lists, which we are, fuck, um, yeah. I only did 10% of the to-do list, which even Superman couldn't finish in a week. I expected and to finish that in a day. That to-do list is going to be there tomorrow. 
you know, as we so we got as we got started, and you know, you and I had a nice little pre-chat before we started recording. We finally had to say, oh, "Wait, let's start recording." Um, going into this morning, I you know, also we all have checklists of things to do, and I had a a large list of things that I told myself I had to do today. You don't have to get done today, number one. And so I started to go down that guilt train of, oh, I'm I'm not going to get X, Y, Z done. And then I, instead of doing anything, I walked away and I meditated for an hour. Good, good. And I chose myself. I chose to prioritize my well-being over Mm. the anxiety of not completing. Nice. And that takes willpower. And I'm not saying like, I am not, please don't, I am not putting myself on a pedestal. I'm saying these are real life scenarios. Oh. As a practitioner, I'm also utilizing for myself. I'm Absolutely. in it because I know that I deserve it. Oh. And you can, you can, you learn when you have, when you are embracing such a lifestyle, you learn to look things differently. Uh, or how shall I say that? For example, I went through this, this kind of, I needed to just watch telly. Um, a bit of a dark night of the soul, as you say. Um, I chose to watch telly in German. So I found a way of actually watching German television um, and from from abroad, and it worked. So I watched actually only German television for three months or so. And it was beautiful. So suddenly my the grasp of my own mother language was so reinvigorated. It was beautiful. And that actually made me quite proud. So despite the fact that I actually went through a dark time and didn't want to do anything else than watch telly, uh, the end outcome was actually something I could be proud of because twofold, A, I looked after myself, I gave in to, to my body saying, you've got to be joking, stop, rest, take take time out. Um, and secondly, I came out of it having uh, having restarted a a grasp of a language um which had become quite rusty because i only speak english nowadays so bang two two birds with one stone so it does not mean to say that that uh, a a period of where things don't go well doesn't come out with a silver lining um virtually all the times it can come out with that if you just let it if you just actually um accept that there will be challenges and that you allow yourself to grow with them and celebrate again the growth that comes out of it post-traumatic growth is such a beautiful thing yeah i think uh, one way to really observe depression too and this is i mean i've i've certainly had more than my share of i've had enough points of my life where i've where I've put myself in those really challenging situations, right? Depression, someone told me depression also stands for deep rest. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. Mm. It is really, and I, and then when I started to really ponder around that and then observe it, it, it is, it's twofold. It's not always Mm. about um, externalizing. Sometimes it really is about our bodies just needing to take a rest we live in a society that capitalizes and celebrates busy Mm. we celebrate it i I don't know what it's like in new zealand i I imagine the same 
Mm-hmm. We talk about, we brag about, I have this party, this thing, blah, 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 mm-hmm. and like we go through the, the laundry list of things that we, we have to do or we're mm-hmm. invited to or we're a part of, and we celebrate it as if it's wonderful to have every moment of every mm-hmm. day scheduled. So true. And we're, and we're not honoring the fact that we actually do better when we do rest, uh-huh. when we have that chance to reset. Why do you think, I mean, on the contrast of that, why do you think we have such a big tourism industry? We we capitalize on that too. We have to get, we have to escape our daily lives <laughs> to take a break. <laughs> right? Oh, I like, I like. <laughs> right? We, we do this. We do this. And it's a huge industry. Uh-huh. And yet, we also have the power to craft a life on our terms where we don't have to do that. Absolutely. We get to say no. We get to have our life be a vacation every day. <laughs> That's right. If we chose it. Beautiful. And that takes and that takes creating boundaries. And it, I mean it all comes circle us all back. It all comes back to prioritizing ourselves. So true. Period. <laughs> ah, so true. Ah, oh, Jocelyn, you are uh, a wealth. Uh, you're a fountain <laughs> of 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 insights. It's beautiful. This is what happens I've... when we don't talk for two years. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot to share. Oh hell yes! Look, if there are if people are saying, "Wow, she has got really her shit together," or at least she's a little bit further down the line than me, and I, I really want to link up with her, where can people find you? Yeah, thank you so much. So I um, have a website. It's called Strike a New Match. So www.strikeanewmatch.com. And in you know on the website, I share pretty openly how I started on my own journey. Uh, I you know, started to coach because of what I had gone through um, outside of my divorce, and and I you know it actually leads into what we talked about in the book. What I talk about in the book is through my teens, 20s, and 30s, um, I devalued myself and I placed value of who I was Mm. external to myself. And it was in me leaving my marriage that Mm. I had to wreck. The reason I left my marriage is that I devalued myself so much. I couldn't, Mm. I, I finally recognized I had to take that power back for me. Now, in that, I also chose to leave a situation that was no longer honoring me. And that is my responsibility. I'm not saying that everyone will be that, but that was that was my the path that I chose. Yeah. And in that, in choosing me, life blossomed. And that's what I want for other people. I, all I've ever wanted is for others to see how, get it, mm. get how amazing you are. Yeah. And sometimes we need that external person to help put some guide rails in and help you help to turn your head a little bit, recognize what your talents are, recognize what your skill sets are, recognize the things that you love about yourself. The small celebrations are honestly the biggest wins. So true. So true. And guys, look down there into the description of the YouTube video and of the podcast where you've got Jocelyn's details. Jocelyn, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. As always, this was a beautiful experience. You made me think, you made me feel, you made me reevaluate certain things that are happening right now in my life. And for that, I'm grateful because I'm growing and I embrace it. And 
unfortunately, you need pressure to create a diamond. Um, yeah, well, I'm a very rough <laughs> diamond still. But, but you have a pressure, diamond mind, don't you? <laughs> the, the pressure is going on, I tell you that. But no, it is it is what it is. And uh, it's lovely to, to touch base with you. Thank you so much for coming on to my show. And you guys out there, there were so many tools in today's interview. I loved them. So, you know, what have you got to lose? Um, try some of them. Try to see if if your life cannot miraculously change by just you adopting some of the wisdom that we today shared. So I, I like to leave on one one piece. It's actually something that can easily be employed. I yes, I recognize we shared a lot. At the end of the day, before you go to bed, as you're laying in bed, you put your hands over your heart and think of just one thing that you're grateful for that happened in that day. One thing. Let that be the final thought you have before you go to bed at night. Not the myriad of things you got to do tomorrow, because those will be there. What are you proud of or happy that happened for you in that day? I guarantee you will always find one thing beautiful you guys thank you so much for having me this has been such a joy exactly (laughs) look after yourself and live of passion bye (laughs) i never give up i never give up i never give up turn around